fight me. Hello and welcome to Bite Me. My name is Julia Steyer. And I'm Bacola Ogunmola. And I love vampires. And I do not. And I'm very excited because Bacola picked today's um, movie. We're going to be watching Kronos. You said mm-hmm. it was, it's directed by Guillermo del Toro. Mm-hmm. Antique dealer Jesus Gris stumbles across Kronos, a 400-year-old scarab that, when it latches onto him, grants him youth and eternal life, but also a thirst for blood. As Jesus enjoys his newfound vitality, he's unaware that a dying old man, Dieter de la Guardia, has sent his nephew, Angel Angel, not sure, to find the scarab and bring it back to him. But Jesus will not give immortality up easily, even risking the life of his orphan granddaughter. What did she ever do? Um, hot dang. So this will be interesting. I think this was uh, Guillermo's uh, first feature. So that's super exciting. That's going to be really interesting. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people are very aware of his style. Um, So to see what, like what, where he started, you know. I'm really excited. I'm, I'm interested. Well, one, something I love, it's only an hour and a half. Oh. Boom, boom. Wow. And then I'm also really curious how we're gonna handle this because this one is labeled as a straight up horror it's a horror and it's It's not from the 30s (laughs) and it's not from the 30s so i wonder what you know what year was it 93 Mm -hmm. you said what a 90 year 93 horror looks like also because i don't know i don't feel like i feel like horror has gotten a lot worse i agree i feel like it's gotten really gruesome yeah so i'm not sure what it was like back then so we'll find out um Guillermo is a, a very wonderful, sweet man, and I want to see what kind of <laughs> horrors lurk in his mind back in 92 or whenever they were filming this. Yeah. Now, yeah. I'm so curious to see this. I also, something that I really love is that uh, I feel like a lot of times, and we talk about this a lot, is, you know, vampire movies, like, don't get taken very seriously. Mm-hmm. But, like, Guillermo del Toro is a very serious director. He's C-C. a, you know? So, I'm something yeah. I'm really excited about is to kind of see the level of craftsmanship that he brings to his films to a vampire film. Yeah. Like, I just think that's going to be really, really cool. I'm really hoping that it's... I hope our discussion of it is going to revolve around a lot of trying to find meaning in things. Like, I don't know. Like, I do feel like that's... This could be that kind of movie where we're like, okay, well, what do we think this was a metaphor for? Like, Oh, that'll <laughs> um, be... Yeah. I think that'll be really good. For some reason, I just assumed this movie was going to be in Spanish, but it's going to be in English. Yeah. Because I was I was mentally prepping myself for subtitles. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't even think of that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was like, okay. Because... Which I, I love, love subtitled movies. Yeah. I just... Sometimes I do miss things because I'm reading. Yeah. But I also put subtitles on everything. That's true. So it is a problem consistently. True. Same. (laughs) Also, Julia speaks Spanish. So (laughs) I was really kind of confused as to that also. Yeah, (laughs) but but I can't hear things in English. Like, you I know, know yes, like, I understand, I understand. Like, you do put subtitles on everything. So I, it's I just like, can't hear. I yeah. just, it's not even a language thing. It's a my ears thing. Got it. I um. feel you. I feel you. <laughs> but um, yeah. I don't understand the plot. I don't understand what you just read. So so my, my vague understanding of it is that um, he's going to find an artifact. Mm-hmm. And a scarab is those Egyptian beetles. Got it. Okay. And so it's unclear of if it's, if it's an actual living scarab or if it's just like a gold you know a gold scarab that just happens to like 
clamp onto him. I'm getting, it sounds like it's still kind of alive, like mystically mm. alive. It clamps onto him and it basically turns him into a vampire. Got it. So I'm guessing it like connects to his veins, you know, like it, it could like taps into his life source mm-hmm. or something. And then my understanding is that kind of arrival of his is looking to just like sell the artifact or to have the artifact for himself. Maybe not sell, but like is aware of the powers of it and is like, no, bro, I actually want that. And so it's going to become a fight over who gets to harness the power of um, vampirism. Okay. Is my understanding. I honestly, this feels like it's going to be scary Indiana Jones. Ooh, I've also not seen that. So, okay. <laughs> Basically, Indiana Jones is just a bunch of people fighting over artifacts. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> so, an archaeologist's dream movie. Yes. That sounds yes. cool. That's kind of cool. So, what what do you think is going to be um, uh, a part of this movie? Do you think it's going to be, like, straight up I don't, I gory don't, or... I don't think that this is going to be all that gory. I don't know. There's something about it that I'm getting the vibe that it's going to be more about like the effects of like greed mm. rather than and they're using vampirism to kind of facilitate that story and it's mm-hmm. kind of what we were talking about a lot in uh dracula's daughter about like they were using vampirism to talk about like mental health kind mm-hmm. of ish mm-hmm. <laughs> this yep. one i feel like is going to be something for greed which which to me means that the focus isn't going to be on the tropes Got the it. focus isn't really going to be on like, if it's a horror, I think it's going to be more of, like, a psychological one. That's my instinct mm, on this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I'm curious to see how that plays out. And, I yeah, but, like, I don't see them making, like, references to garlic or yeah. or yeah. Uh, mirrors. Also, I feel, and I wish I knew more about how different cultures, their myths around vampir- vampirism are. Mm-hmm. And what I think is really interesting about this is that it's, I believe it's sort of a set in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Scarabs are Egyptian. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see if we're going to see any cultural differences, and it's the scarab that's giving him that power. So I'm curious to see if there are different Egyptian-based vampire myths mm. that we're going to be introduced to. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Okay. That'd be cool. Yeah. Because usually we do uh, European. Yeah. And so, I would like to say, we're going to finally have our first African vampire. Uh, I, I wouldn't <laughs> put it that far. I it's Egyptian. Uh, that's an assumption you're making. That's true. Um, Based off of it being an Egyptian artifact. It is. Okay. But I don't think we're going to have an Egyptian. I think we're going to have a Mexican vampire. Okay. Um, You're right. You're right. But maybe there's a flashback. And I'm (laughs) very mistaken. Like, very, very much mistaken. But I'm just assuming that the characters will be Mexican. That's just an assumption I'm going to make What gave it away? Uh, You know? Just a thought. Yeah, I I guess I didn't even think about that either. I don't, but I I don't know if I want to, because it is his first film, mm. and it might be it might not be the Guillermo, the we, Guillermo know. we know. You know what I mean? It might just be a young Guillermo, like figuring out what it's made kind of on voice. a camcorder. <laughs> it's just like yes, uh, this is my first thing. I'm ready. Let's go. But I don't. I'm expecting it to be good. I just don't know if. <laughs> If he if he had already found the voice that he is yeah. still working with, because you know if it's the same exact way that he thinks now, then like what growth has he had in the last thirty years? And I know that man has like grown exponentially be- between films and like through life. So like I don't know if it's going to be the same voice. I want to see what the what his lens is thirty years, almost thirty years ago now. Yeah, um, that's really a good point. Yeah, if he hasn't grown in thirty years, I'm gonna be very upset with him. Like we're gonna have to have a talk. I'm gonna pull him to the side and be like, Guillermo, Guillermo, 
Good buddy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I'm, I'm interested to see if this is a, like it's kind of like when we watched the the move. Uh, which one was that? Where we were like, it's a Jim Carrey movie. And we're like, no, Jim oh, Carrey is oh, second on the call sheet. Yes, no, I agree with you. That was that was not a Jim Carrey film. That was a oh a baby a Jimothy, if you will, baby Jim. You want to say that again? <laughs> A Jimothy? A Jimothy Carey. Yeah, no, that's going to be really interesting. And I'm, oh my God, when you said (laughs) it's his first film, I'm now just like picturing like all those like really artsy like film school cuts that, you know, when when you first learn filmmaking and you're like, I want to use every technique ever. And And you're like, what is happening? I got to show them everything I've ever learned. I want to graduate. Yeah. Uh, That's that. Now you have me afraid that that's what this is going to (laughs) be. We'll find out soon. It'll be interesting. But I think he would, of course, need a vision enough to like sustain a career over the amount of time. So it has to be at least halfway decent for somebody to be like, okay, let's do another one. Yes. You know, I agree. And I'm curious to see. Like, I, I, I mean, th- and we're not going to get this from the movie, but I would love to read about, like, kind of what made him tackle this subject as his first feature. Yeah. Um, I'm really, I'm just curious to hear, like, I just want to know, is, does Guillermo del Toro want to be on our podcast as a fellow vampire fan? Hey, maybe. <laughs> we'll see. And then you can talk to him about his growth mm-hmm. as a filmmaker. That would be fantastic. And chastise him. And be like, sir. Yeah, because that's what he wants to do. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. He's like, I think two girls in the corner of Hollywood can mm-hmm. uh, tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. What are you? Ex- I mean, I've already said that I'm not expecting any tropes. What are, are you expecting? Anything? I I don't know what to expect now. Now you kind of like threw me <laughs> for a loop. I didn't even think about that. I was like, I expect it to be vampire-y. like you know what I mean. But now I'm like, maybe not. Maybe not. I really don't know what to expect. I don't know yeah. what lens he's looking through i don't know what the actors are bringing like i'm like honestly i couldn't and the the title isn't enough to title makes no sense to me yeah, that gives me nothing. nothing yeah it doesn't give me enough to be like ooh, i think it's gonna be about boys that are lost or <laughs> a vampires in shadows or you know what i mean or Where, like, dracula's offspring right, yeah, yeah you know what i mean so like it's just a like chronos and i'm like even if i typed in vampire in a, a <laughs> Uh, it wouldn't like, come up. It wouldn't come up. Yeah, yeah exactly. So like, I'm like, yo. So what were, what were we thinking marketing wise? Well, I and I told you when I heard Kronos, to me that's still Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Like that's not. Mm-hmm. Don't I understand. you think I even spelled it with a K. Like I couldn't find it at the longest <laughs> time. So I agree with you. That's that's really interesting, and that's that's also what makes me maybe think that they're not going to harp on the vampirism of it because. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's not through a bite. I mean, mm-hmm. well, it might be. You know, the scarab might like pierce his yeah or whatever so yeah i'm really curious i'm really excited and um, i'm just really excited that guillermo del toro is a fellow vampire movie fan or at least a fan of his his own his own movie (laughs) he's like i like one vampire film only and it is mine mine. (laughs) and that Um, is it yeah awesome so go find chronos it is with a c yes c-r-o N-O-S. Don't C-C. make the same mistake that I did. C-C. C-C with the C. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll be back. So go listen and then come hang out with us. Bye. Bye. Bite me. And we're back. That was a wild ride. Dude, I am so, I am so confuzzled. I am confused and puzzled, which is the word confuzzled. Um, well, we were we finished it, and then McCullough goes, "We got to go discuss this." So, yeah. what what was your burning? It wasn't <laughs> burning. I just wanted to make sure that we um, that things were fresh in our minds. First of all, Guillermo wrote this, 
and directed it. And that was interesting to me. So he really is a vampire fan. Second of all, it was, um, I don't, like that was just so trippy. It was just trippy because like- <laughs> Do you wanna give us a quick overview? The Scarab. The Scarab is- um, It's like this big golden artifact. Yeah, it's this big golden artifact that was found in this um, cherub looking- uh, It's like an angel statue that yeah. was missing an eye. Yeah. and like. At the beginning, like, oh, it was so gross. All these cockroaches, like, crawled out of it. Yeah, it was... And so they were like, oh, I think there's something in this. Mm -hmm. And then that's where they found the scarab. And then I'll let you continue. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, please jump in wherever. That's where they found the scarab. Uh, then another dude who ends up being our big bad was looking for this thing because he had a, a manuscript and he's been looking for this specific statue because he knows this scarab is inside of it. But before he buys it, before his nephew Angel buys it, the shopkeeper, Jesus, our main dude, yeah. uh, the main dude, Jesus, and his granddaughter. Um, <laughs> Who says one word the entire, entire movie. movie. Oh my gosh. What's her name is cute. It's not Angelica. It's in- Aurora. Aurora, yeah. Um, Aurora finds it and takes it out. So this thing, like, I, I assume that it might've been Egyptian. It wasn't. It was European still. Yeah, it was still very- European. I think I think I think the statue was European. Oh, the statue, yeah, the statue. I'm well. It might not have been. Well, the Europeans ransacked Egypt. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it was still. I didn't really get any cultural specific things, things out yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, not even it. Not I didn't get anything that felt culturally specific to Egypt or Mexico. Yeah, um, yeah. Was, and the yeah. statue, the, the statue, we must say, and Bacola must say, did not look Egyptian. Oh, no, that was a white. Okay, great. That was okay, a white I didn't want to be the, I was like, did I, was I the only one that saw that statue? No, it was no, a no. That, that was a little Charles Dickens statue. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I was like. I, I see what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? So um, that was interesting. And then it, and um, the scarab, it like, penetrates Oof. it like opens and then like penetrates into it's like its legs come out come out and, yeah and it, it almost looked like a really really intense mosquito yes yeah and it like latched on and like drew blood it was crazy so then jesus got kind of addicted we we thought of it as a metaphor for, for drugs. drugs yeah because um, it was like you know, her his granddaughter was like, "Please don't do it again." Mm -hmm. Like she she found it and she hid it from him. Yeah. Um. And it very and like even when he did do it, like there was a moment where he talked his granddaughter into giving it back to him, and he like goes into the bathroom and it, you know he's like stuck it on his chest and he like lets out this like really big like relieved sigh and mm -hmm. it looked like euphoric yeah it looked yeah. like someone taking a hit of, i mean he was doing it in secret mm -hmm. he was ta you know essentially taking a hit of something mm -hmm. and then relishing in the high of it mm -hmm. and it was funny because in the intro we were talking about the scarab of like is it going to be a living thing or an artifact mm -hmm. and it was it was actually kind of both mm -hmm. it was an artifact mm -hmm. around a living, a living thing. thing, yeah. Um, so that's good, yeah. Yeah, so it was a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. and But the one thing that I, for me, what was not explained, and I think, but I do kind of think that that was part of the point of the movie, is that he also didn't know how it worked. But mm -hmm. like, we never got any sort of explanation mm -mm. about how it worked. And mm -mm. as Bukola was talking about, there was like this manuscript that referenced this scarab, and um, Jesus goes in search of it, um, because the big bad is like, 
you might have the scarab, but I have the instructions. And the scarab will give you, you know, everlasting life, but there is a trade-off and there are rules. And we never learn them. No. But not only do we never learn them, Jesus never learns yes, them. So I wasn't as mad about that. But I still, by the end of it, no, no one knew how it worked. Not us, not Nothing. Jesus. Yes, um, because the big bad had literally eaten the pages. <laughs> he ate them. How like, petty. Just the petty king ate them pages. He was like, y'all, I'm about to eat this right now. That was so quick. I saw that line and I was like, what? Oh, it was interesting. It was half in Spanish, half in English. So mm-hmm. like it bounced back and forth, which is really cool. Um, uh, and it felt very uh, North American to me. Uh, sorry, French Canadians. And then what? Um, I said it felt very North American. Like it, it, it was a good representation of North America as a continent instead of just like the U.S. or Mexico. But Canada's part of. I said sorry, French Canadians. I said it felt very North American, and then I forgot about. Oh, French except Canadians. for Canada. Yeah, except for Canada, and I felt bad. <laughs> I was like, "There's more people in Canada than French Canadians. There's also non-French Canadians." I know, but I didn't include them, and I didn't want them to feel excluded. That's what I meant. Sacrible. <laughs> yeah, what she said. Um, but it was it was really cool. The dude from Hellboy is uh, on Hell. Yeah, that's what he came on screen, and we were both like, he looks so familiar. And we were like, oh, yeah, he's In Guillermo Del Toro's other. He's like Guillermo's boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah exactly. Um, it, it was cool. They Okay, I had to, part partway through the movie, I, that's a lot. Maybe like the first 10 minutes of the movie because it's a Criterion Collection movie. So look at us being very fancy. Yes. Um, uh, I had to look up if this movie was a vampire movie. I was so confused for a second. I was like, when do the vampires come? And I didn't realize that he was going to turn into the vampire. Oh, you didn't? I don't know why my brain didn't go there. That was in the synopsis. Yeah, but like, you know what I mean? Like, I thought he was going to get bit by another vampire. You know what I mean? I didn't realize that the... But you said it too. You said the thing might turn him into a vampire. And like, how does that happen? But I was like, is he turning? Is this the beginning of it? Are we going to... Like, what's happening? Um... Oh, another thing is, you also said that um, we never find out wh- how, what the rules are mm-hmm. and things like that. That's because he never wanted it. That's one thing that he was very clear on. He was like, I do not want to live forever. I don't want yes, that. And at one but- point, he almost got lulled in because he was starting to look a little bit more youthful and he shaped his mustache and he was a little bit more excited about it. But then when he um, got uh, pushed off that cliff in the car, after that he was like, I don't think I want this. No, okay, but there was one moment. So he gets, you know, it bites him that uh-huh. first time. Uh-huh. He gets it stitched up. Mm-hmm. He puts it on a second time uh-huh. to finish because he's like, oh, this really itches. It's, and he kind of understands it's because he interrupted the process. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we're at two times, but it was kind of one. Mm-hmm. After that is when he looks younger. Mm. And the granddaughter steals it. And then there's one more time in the bathroom. bathroom. Uh-huh. So he, has, he does have one moment of, oh, this is cool. And you're, but you're right. I think it's then after the car crash. And I think after... I don't know. I can't remember if he talks to the guy. Or if he I don't, just kind of comes to the realization of like, oh my gosh, I'm healing super quickly. Yeah. But you're right. He does have a moment where he's like, I don't want this. But he does have one moment of greed yeah. with the like, oh, if it made me look this young yeah, and yeah, this yeah, nice, let's do, the, yes. let's do it one more time. He got lulled in for a second. But yeah. immediately, once it stopped benefiting him looks-wise, 
because once he almost got cremated and all that stuff was oh. happening, he yeah. looks so bad. Bacola kept going. Movie. She was like, I'm itchy looking at him because he, he looks so gross. He, they have this like decayed skin. Yeah. Um, very, as we mentioned in one of the other ones, it was very monkey paw. You know, mm. if you if you live forever, but maybe your body doesn't, or mm-hmm, your mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. your skin doesn't. Or, um, um, but that's uh, what death becomes her. Which I is one of my seen oh, yet. that is one of my favorite things that Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn have ever done. Oh, I have to yeah. see that. It's fantastic. As I've only seen the drag show version of it. Oh, I love it. and that's probably amazing. Also, it was it's quite so nice. good. I have a votive candle of it because um, I was working it. So they were like, "Here, take a candle." Anyway, that's lovely. I digress. Anyway. Um, I something that really bothered me about this, I couldn't take it seriously. Was the horrible makeup job? Oh. So they have this one point where they were like, you know, he's got this decayed skin, and the big bad is like, "Oh well, just peel your skin off." And so he, they, he like peels off a big part of the rotten part, and then mm. it's just like white, but like, not like, like white skin, like it's like white. white, it's like pearly white, like snowman white. Yeah, and like to the point where it looked like a bad makeup job mm-hmm. by a high schooler, and it, and it, it really bothered, bothered me Julia. so much. Can well, it bothered it? me so much because uh, <laughs> the rest of it was so like serious mm-hmm. and so like kind of, you know, try, like exactly what we were saying in the intro of like, it was trying to make a point. It was trying to kind of mm-hmm. make this metaphor of drugs, of, of y- how it can affect not only you, but the people around you, mm-hmm. how you, you kind of lose control, how you don't know um, how it's going to make your body change. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because that's like a big thing. Um, I think it's like with heroin, right? That is that the one that gives you like mm. weird splotchy? No idea. I don't know. But we don't know. Someone tell us. Um, um, but yeah, it just it was hard because you had this really serious, <laughs> you had this really serious movie, and then you just had this awful makeup job that just looked clownish. It's so interesting because I repeated it several times to her that this was made in 1993 and they were doing their best. They could have, I know they could have done better. I think they were going for, what I think they were going for is like statue, is I think the color that they were going for. So it looks almost, um, it's, it's not like, like the vampires that we see today because the vampires that we see today are supposed to be like sexy and cool. That's not where they were. Yeah. That's not what they were doing. And you know what was interesting? They never used the word vampire. No. They kept using the word alchemist. Mm. Which is interesting because I, like, I always associate alchemy with the, the scientific exploration of turning things into gold. Mm. So I was, mm-hmm. I didn't know, uh, part of me was like, is this a mistranslation? I was like, no, no, this no. is a very deliberate choice of yeah. words. Um, but yeah, it was interesting because it it was a vampire movie that never said the word vampire. Yeah. And it's only a vampire movie because he drinks blood. Yep. If, if it hadn't been for the blood part, I would have been like, oh, this is a zombie movie. Yes. Or this is a, um, a witchcraft movie. Yep. Um, but they do, I mean, they, they have the big thing that makes it a vampire movie and that's the drinking of blood. blood. The only other trope that they had was the super speedy healing. Yep. Um, but he could see himself in the mirror. Um, he He had fair skin, which is a thing, right? Vampire movies? Oh, like light, you light skin? He was very pale. (laughs) I was like, are you just like, Uh, he had that trope of being white. I was like, that's... 
No. There was a lot of, most movies, they also make them white, so I can see how that could be. Okay, yes, I understand, no. <laughs> I thought you were making a joke. No, no, that's so funny. I would say that, though, I would. That's something, that I'm not putting that past me. But the fact that he was, like, very pale because yeah. he doesn't get any sunlight and the sunlight thing. They did have that. The, yeah. And actually, there was this cute moment where he came back. Cute is relative. I thought it was kind of sweet. But he, like, he so he comes back from his own funeral. Yep. Um cuz he, you know, is alive still and yep. he sneaks back in to his house and yep. he, his granddaughter sees him. And Bacola was right. Bacola was like, "Oh, she knows." She knows. And in the next scene we see her like moving stuff out. around. Yeah, like moving she out a toy out, chest. Yeah, her like trunk. And we were like, "What?" And we're like, "Oh, she's making him a coffin." And it was actually really cute. She like put his her pillow in there put him in, and then, like, tucked in two stuffed animals on yeah, either side. side of him just so that he could hold. It was very cute. <laughs> My favorite part about that is that, like, she said we realized that. We didn't realize that. I said, why is she emptying out her toy trunk? Who going to clean that up? Um, and then Julia goes, it's for him. And I was like, oh, that's nice. That's so funny um, because I remember it the other way. Really? I remember me going, what's happening? And you saying. <laughs> Look at that. Bonding. So we're both we're both we're the same brain. Not, apparently, neither of us knew what was happening, no. but we also both knew no. what was happening. Yeah, I love that for us. I that, do too. Yeah, yep. Um, That's truly iconic. <laughs> iconic. <laughs> I I feel like there were a lot of scenes in here that didn't add anything though. Like, so there was this one point where she, after she, after the granddaughter Aurora puts him in the trunk. Mm-hmm. She then starts like painting on the wall. Uh-huh. And it's just like a sun. Yeah. And a cross. Uh-huh. And a coffin and a person. And they I don't know. It to me it was just like like I made because at first Bacola was like, oh that's so cute. She's painting him a sun. And I thought I also thought they were decorating the trunk. And then I saw that she's just in the corner of the attic and I was like, she looks like she's doing cave paintings. Yes. Like it, that, she said that verbatim, cave it, paintings. It didn't add anything. Yeah, I understand. Maybe I feel like that's a uh that was a, a choice. Uh that yeah, okay, I agree. Damn it. Right? I was trying to like I was trying to like redeem them. But I feel like that was the one time she was really communicating outside of like a person being there. And I think they needed her to do that because she didn't say any words. And I didn't notice till about 47 minutes into the movie that she had not said one word. I was like, yo, I did not hear a child's voice this whole time. Yeah. Like what? And she, the only word she says is, abuelo. When she's like bleeding yes. and he's like looking at her hand like he's about to devour. You know, the funny thing so. is, is the, um, they, the synopsis really made it sound like that was going to go in a different direction. The synopsis was like, yeah. I think it said something along the lines of like, and you know, even willing to sacrifice his granddaughter or yeah. something. And I was like, that's not really what was happening there. He he considered it for about half a second and then thought, I love her more, and then decided yeah. to kill himself. Which I appreciate. <laughs> which I appreciate. Because that like they didn't lie to us. That is yeah. exactly what happened. It just we thought it was gonna be a long drawn out thing, especially since he was sneaking into the big bad's house and then she sneaks in after him with a glow stick, bless her little heart, and then he just lets her tag along. He literally puts it through like a window to open out a window. The old man. Yeah, she was an active oh, member in her own, you know, rescuing, which is fantastic. But well, she was an active member in her own rescuing because she was the active member in her getting herself into that mess. She's also five, so That's like real. you know, you know, you usually just send them back home, and you're like, maybe I should go do debaucherous thing another night. But you know, that's just me. That's just <laughs> me. An- um. Another thing that didn't that didn't ring true for me. 
besides the grandpa not, uh, bringing along the five-year-old, <laughs> um, was, and, and I just, this just felt so unnecessary, and I get that it was like a needed plot point, but it was not explained well, in my opinion, was um, Angel mm-hmm. pushing uh, Jesus off of the, uh, put, oh my gosh, I'm trying to think of the words, putting him in the car after the party and then mm-hmm. pushing the car off the ledge mm-hmm. to make it look like he had killed himself. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I was like, killing Jesus does not lead to your end goal. No. Your end goal is to get this scarab. Mm-hmm. So killing the person who knows the location of it, mm-hmm. I, I didn't get what they were going for. And it felt lazy in that they just needed on how to die public or I'm Jesus sorry Jesus, Jesus to, to die, die publicly. in a public way mm-hmm. so that you know we could watch him come back to life and be like oh wow something crazy is going on here but it made no sense that the big bad sent his nephew to kill him mm-hmm. because again it didn't serve their purpose and mm. so I got really hung up on that and mm. that lost me I don't know what, do you, what were your, your thoughts on that whole uh yeah I didn't even think of it like that um yeah it didn't make any sense to me. Angel also wasn't making any, like, for me, he wasn't making logical decisions. Like, uh, like at one point, I, like, I didn't realize that he kept doing what his uncle asked him to do because his uncle was rich and he is the next in line. Yeah. So that took me a second. And then I was like, why don't you just kill the man? Why don't you just put your uncle in the car and throw him over? <laughs> like, that would have made more sense to yeah, me. You know what I mean? I and the movie would have ended 45 minutes earlier. Um, or like and this is like another small detail too it's like just speaking of the uncle there's one point where Angel goes into like you know the sick room mm-hmm. and he's wearing gloves and a mask <laughs> and then he takes the mask off at one point just like briefly and like my brain was just like okay so either you're wearing a mask because you're afraid to breathe on your uncle and get him really sick or you're wearing the mask because the uncle has something really contagious and you don't want to get it mm-hmm. taking the mask off defeats both purposes yeah yeah. And, it, I mean, it I felt think, like COVID times, honestly. Yeah. I was like, put that mask back on. It was very interesting because he did put the mask back on, I think, after his uncle, like, yelled at him, like, chastised him. But there are other scenes where he doesn't have the mask on, so it was very, I don't know why he did that. Yeah, or one scene where Jesus goes and visits the uncle. He's got, he has, like, those little sock, sock booties yeah, over he has all the his booties feet. Over his shoes. And, but no mask, no gloves. I was like, the... The rules of this are really inconsistent, mm-hmm. and I think that's what bothered me, is yeah. that I was like, this world has not been set up. Yeah. But it was, I, I understand, there. I understand the goal, and they achieved the goal, and that's- What was uh, the goal? The, 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 the compare, it was the same thing that most vampire movies do, which is talk about humanity and, uh, through the lens of- either being able to live forever and what would you do for that and to what end and for what cost. But I feel like out of an hour and a half movie, the only parts, the parts that like added to that message was like a grand total of 10 minutes. It was him deciding not to eat his daughter, his granddaughter. Mm -hmm. And it was him doing, you know, the drugs of the scarab in secret. Mm. Um, I, I feel like part of that could be added some of the uncle scenes where it was like he's beating his own family member yeah. to get the, okay. to get this uh, form of human. Like, he spent so much time trying to figure out how to live forever instead of living. Yeah. Which That's a good feels point. Ooh, antithetical. Like 
Um, yeah. Um, and Angel spent so much time trying to gain wealth and favor from an uncle instead of trying to gain wealth and favor through other means or himself. He was looking for the easy way route and then took literally the hardest way. <laughs> and then poor Angel, all he wanted to do was get a nose job. Uh, literally he all he wanted. Finally gets the nose job and freaking Jesus knocks the crap out of his nose and he's like not my nose again again yeah. whatever he said and i <laughs> giggled and i felt bad but like it was very funny and, and i will say it i actually think angel was one of my favorite characters one because i could forgive anything he did that didn't make sense to the plot because i knew he was just following what his uncle said so i was mm, like great mm-hmm. i don't have to blame him for this making no sense because it's literally not his fault but what i really liked about him is that they actually set him up as this kind of like sweet character in the mm-hmm. very beginning with him playing with the yeah he was like daughter. yeah he was like mm-hmm. he, you know he goes in to buy the statue and he's he's you know he pops out at the granddaughter in like a peekaboo way not in like a ah um, <laughs> and you know gives her gives her some gum and like it's it's like a really sweet moment and then even when he ransacks the Maybe. antique shop mm-hmm. and Jesus goes and confronts him he's like look man. I'm not the one you've got beef with. Like, yeah. I know, you should talk to my uncle about this. And so in a weird way, I kind of liked him because he was just stuck in the middle. Of the, I mean, he was a he was a himbo. Like, he was mm-hmm. just a big, tall man who wasn't thinking for himself. Mm-hmm. But in that way, he was almost childlike. Yeah. And it's harder to dislike somebody, I think, who is, That's... you're just like, it's not, you're just kind of dumb like it's not even really your fault that's so funny i feel the exact opposite oh oh yes yeah. okay tell me tell i think me. a person I, I hate when characters have no agency over their choices i think it's lazy well I think uh, but i was gonna say the moments where he did have agency yeah. he was kind yes exactly so that's why i think that that's why i liked yeah it. but he was a he was a character of circumstance and i feel like it gives people in life the excuse to be like well this was my circumstance and i'm like okay so you know what i mean yeah and it's like well you can't be mad at me because this because i didn't know and that's people's favorite excuse for everything i didn't know i didn't know i didn't know and then it's just like so what do you know so we can start there you know what i mean so like he at any point could have taken agency over his life and chose not to because that's true because his goal was to get rich so he was willing to forego you know having a brain of his own mm-hmm. he 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 um he made the he made a choice to not make choices and i cannot give him a gold star for that mm. i think i think that he as an adult when you act like a child in that sense it is not uh it's not cute because then it forces the children to act like adults and it's not fair. So that poor little five-year-old is playing Captain Save-A-Ho because you, the rest of the men in all these situations are fighting over ridiculous you things. You not to say that. Seriously. That's amazing. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. I, and I, it, it, it's always very interesting when like, because it used to be a very, like, it was a very cute care, like trope in the, and I think like the, the, the 2000s where it was like, all the adults are like childlike uh, and like that was meandering, annoying. and then the teens had to be like, be like the adults. They had to like roll their eyes and the, be like, yeah. "Oh my gosh, parents, you have to do this and you do this." But now we're seeing it as 
what what it is, which is you are stealing these children's childhoods because you want to Peter Pan for the rest of your life. Oh. So I actually did not like it. I wish he had, I wish he made more choices. And I think that he did make choices. It's just that he got to blame them on someone else, mm. which I don't think is fair. That's such a good point. And you know what? You, what you were saying also reminds me of like how we were talking in the intro about how we thought this was going to be about greed. And we were like, oh, it's not. It's kind mm-hmm. of about addiction. But he is the greed, greed character. Yeah. It just didn't have anything to do with being a vampire. It was just mm-hmm. a human failure, of, wow. a pure human failure yeah. of, of greed. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's interesting. I get, but I get why you, I understand that, um, that level of being like, well, I see the situation and I understand that it's not him making those decisions. Mm. But yeah. I, You're like, and but it, get a backbone. Get a back. <laughs> that's really what it is. You're an adult. If yeah. it was a child that that was happening to, then I'd be like, oh, they don't know better and yeah. these things. And then I would want to be like, I want to support you with giving you more options. Yeah. Is what I would want to do for that child. But what am I supposed to do for that grown man? I would just be like, get a job outside of your uncle. <laughs> You're yeah. o- you're only you're only um you are not just a big man that does their uncle's bidding. You are not your nose like oh my you can go on about your life and like make decisions for yourself and have a family and maybe, you know, be a parent. Like I don't know, you could do so many other things with yeah. your life if you just cut the umbilical cord, sir. Yeah. Just yeah. let it go. You reattached it. You were never attached to that man. Yeah, that man is your uncle. He is your uncle. You didn't need to do that. But That's such yeah. a good point. No, yeah. I really liked that. I really liked that. Um, I'm not going to lie. I don't think I would recommend this movie to people. Okay. I didn't care for it. I- it was a little slow. It was disconnected. The reasoning behind a lot of things, just as I've mentioned, like just didn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And there was just enough gross things. That I, yeah. You know, like with, with they have him, they're putting him together in the morgue and, mm-hmm. and you know, that they like have to like Ooh, sew yeah, his jaw no. and even watching the thing pierce him or the skin ripping off. Like there was just enough of those moments and not enough, oh, that's really interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> that I would want to put someone through that. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I would want more. Uh, there were really lovely character moments, but I would want it to be more character based than yeah. it, it was. Um, I agree. I don't think I would recommend this. Like if I if somebody was like, recommend me a, a Guillermo del Toro movie, this would not be <laughs> this would not be top ten. No, you know what I mean. Like I would throw Hellboy on there. I haven't seen it, but it looked cute. Um, <laughs> but like you know what I mean, Pan's Labyrinth. Like you know, there's yeah. so many other um, movies that he's done. I am enjoying this. Um, first look at his yeah. his process. I think it was I, I think for the time it was well done. I think he was hitting the the market, which is what they want they people wanted gory at that time, mm-hmm. I guess. And I think he was hitting the market well. But I, I don't think I would recommend this either. Yeah. You know and you know what? At an hour and a half, it still felt too long. Because there were yeah, parts that just, just stretched yeah. and didn't add anything. Yeah. Yeah, it felt a little it felt a little I'm trying to hit page count. Yeah, yeah. It was like movies are ninety minutes now, so it has to be ninety minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I get that. Yeah. But there were really cool uh, there were really cool moments and really cool shots. The like whole bathroom scene, I love that scene. Yeah, and there were really cool images. Yeah. Like so his uncle lives in a in a place that, you know, is very sterile looking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he has been going through all of these angel statues because he he just knows that the scarab is in an angel statue mm-hmm. so they have this buyer who goes out and scours the 
country or the world for these different angel statues mm-hmm. until they find the right one. And he has all the incorrect ones, like, wrapped in bags, like, yeah. cell- cellophane-looking stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they're all hanging by these thick chains. Yeah. And it just looks cool. Like, yeah. it, it makes zero sense. That's not how you would store an antique. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah but aesthetically, um, it's But aesthetically, pleasing. it's so yeah. cool. And then they have, like, a fight in there. And at one point, Jesus is, like grabs onto one of the the angel statues and because it's on a chain it spins him yeah and i don't know it was just it was cool it was dramatic but it, it was, was dramatic cool. yeah but i see and, what you mean it was like it was like the first looks at this avant-garde style that guillermo del toro was going to grow into mm-hmm. yep 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 um but he just wasn't quite there yet that's and that's okay but like he even he knew he didn't peak there you know what i mean yeah. it was the first it was the first one out and like it was good it was solid um, and at the time, I'd been like, oh, this is so creepy. And, like, I wouldn't have been down. Yeah. But um, but I, I would be like, respect, bruh. And also, um, I respect that he made a bilingual movie. Yeah, like, That can't be easy to get greenlit, especially in the 90s. Yes, in the early 90s, my yeah. dude. He's like, hear me out. It's going to be half English, half Spanish. And people are probably like, what? Like, uh, what, uh, what? Yeah. And they flipped between the two so. A lot. Um, yeah, in the middle of sentences, and the, and I was just like, that's exactly that's how I, you that, that's how yeah. you speak. Yeah. That's how that's also that's how bilingual people, people speak. speak. That's how two yeah. other bilingual people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so like yeah, there was this one guy. It was interesting too because like Jesus, you could tell was like a predominantly English speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, so he would actually speak a lot in English. The guy would, Jesus would respond in Spanish. Um, oh, she meant the uh, Angel. Oh, I'm sorry, Angel mm-hmm. would would speak primarily in English. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Jesus would answer in Spanish mm-hmm. and then Angel would do like a Spanish-English mix. Mexican. Like it was really cool. It was really cool and it was really sweet to see a um, little bit. Uh, oh, Aurora. Aurora just understand all of it. Yeah. So you could tell she understood it but I didn't know what language she spoke. Well, actually, she, I don't even think she understood it, understood it because they would speak, mostly they spoke Spanish to yeah. her. Yeah. So maybe she wasn't bilingual, bilingual but how would we have known? She didn't speak. <laughs> she said one word. And I and I thought maybe at one point I was like, did she not speak? Like maybe she's deaf. Maybe she she's like. But mute. then I was like, no one mute. Yeah. But I was like, they would have signed to her. She can obviously understand everything. So then I was like, okay, maybe she's mute. Um, but then she said, uh, Grandpa. Um, uh, and I was just like, oh shoot. All right. But yeah, but I I just loved the quote from Bacola of I have not heard a child's voice. I I just did not. I was like I was thinking it through like yo, I haven't heard a child's voice today. So, it was yeah. That was interesting. But yeah, I want to recommend but I appreciate this and it makes me want to make a film. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. I was like this isn't as hard as it needs to be. Yay. <laughs> we just have to make sure that the things are connected. And and I will say I do think there is merit in watching movies that you don't necessarily like because we were able to exactly have that discussion of, oh, there was no reasoning behind this. Like, mm-hmm. And so now I know, you know, like for my own writing of mm-hmm. like, hey, if you're going to have a plot point, you, the reason you can't just have a plot point to have a plot point. Mm-hmm. The reasoning mm-hmm. actually has to be sound. It actually has to make sense. And guess what people will notice? Because yeah. I think there is that, and this is something I've heard a lot too of when I've read stuff and I'm like, oh, this doesn't quite make sense. And they're like, oh, well, we want it to be a little ambiguous. And yeah, ambiguous open-ended. And like, or like, oh, trust the audience. And I'm like, I'm all for trusting the audience. Mm-hmm. But that means, like, 
not spoon feeding them. That doesn't mean giving them something that doesn't quite make sense and yes. hoping that they fill in the blanks. The, the thing is that like you don't you can be a little bit ambiguous. You can do all those things, but you need to know the reason yes. behind it. And then you can give it to the audience because anything you do anyway, I might not interpret it the same way. That yes. is the point of art. You make the art and then you send it out into the world and then it is interpreted. You have no control on how it's interpreted. But you need to know what, you need to know where we're going. You need to know where at least you think we're going, and then you don't have to give us all the information. You can you know leave some parts um, open for the audience. But uh, you know, sir, ma'am, like what? Like you gotta you don't know where we're going. You dropping me off in the middle of the woods, and then you like it's ambiguous. No, you left us out here lost. Okay, that's what you did. Okay, I'm just saying. What really didn't work for me in those things that didn't quite make sense, again, primarily on hell trying to kill Jesus, is that they did try to explain it a little bit. And it still didn't make sense. Like when he went back to, and he was like, he told the uncle, because at first I thought, I was like, oh, maybe on hell is just drunk. Because he was very drunk too. I was like, mm-hmm. maybe he's just drunk and pissed. And this was like an impulsive thing to do. Thing to do. That would have made sense to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then he goes back to his uncle and he's like, I did it, I killed him. Yep. And the uncle's like, no, you had to pierce his heart. And I was like, okay, wait. You... No. So it's not an impulsive thing. He, you, y'all planned this. Yeah, you guys planned this. You're explaining how to kill him. I'm still not getting any sort of reason as to what, why. why. And then even later, when they're, cause I, and then again, my brain was like trying to be the good audience and fill things in. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, maybe you can only have one person per scarab. Or maybe oh, they're like, oh, we mm-hmm. can kill him and tear apart the no. house. Neither of those things happened. Even once he was dead, they didn't go through the house. And then two later, the uncle even says, oh, that's fine. If you want to use the scarab, we can share. Yeah, 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 yeah. So two people can use use the scarab. scarab. He was like, we can live forever. And it's Uh like, I don't want to be best friends with you. So it's like, I was trying to be the good audience member who filled it in. And then they just, they kept unraveling it even more. Yeah. So it frustrated me a bit. And, Mm -hmm. And it, it. It was slow. And even in the beginning, Bacola was like, oh, it's going to be a talking movie. Yeah. it said, Okay. Don't be offended, uh, people of the internet. But it said Criterion Collection, and I was like, oh, we're going to be here for a little bit. Like, I, as soon as I saw those opening credits, I was like, yes. But now I know what now I know what we're getting into. Because it's going to be very artsy. I, I find that Criterion Collection movies are very artsy. And I didn't expect it to be in color. <laughs> As I didn't think I this saw. one was that artsy, though. Like, honestly, besides some of the set design, the rest of it was pretty... Straightforward. Straightforward. Yeah. And just a little drawn out. Yeah, yeah. A little drawn out. It might have been artsy for its time. That's fair. Yeah. Because this was the same year Sabrina, the remake, came out. I'm oh, com- really? I'm making that up. That's oh, you are. Oh, my God. You said that with such authority. Yeah, such way? confidence. You know, who am I? Google? <laughs> anyway. Jujul. Jujul. Um, Any, but yeah. yeah, should we Any, last thought this? Yeah, like, last, I feel last like thoughts. we kind of there wasn't I, much to pick apart because no. it was only an hour and a half, yet so long. Yeah, um, it technically is a vampire movie. I would not recommend it, but we love Guillermo, truly, honestly, truly. Um, and I'm gonna give it one, two slabs. Yeah, I feel like this movie is proof that everyone has to start somewhere. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't like it. Okay. I um, I also, and this could just be me. It was also just a bunch of old white men. 
Okay, well, Angel wasn't old, but continue. Okay, well, Angel was, I, and I was like, eh, Angel, I go back and forth on if you're cute or not. <laughs> um, yeah, so maybe me, maybe it's because I like my vampires young and sexy. Maybe it's because <laughs> I like my plots to actually make sense. <laughs> maybe it's like because I like cause and effect. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> and I like my female characters to speak. Mm. So didn't notice that. Didn't notice that. Yeah. Uh, Bacola hates women. Um, wow, <laughs> you heard it here first, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think you can sit this one out. Yeah, yeah, you can sit this one out. But thank you for hanging out with yeah, us. Go watch Daybreakers instead. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know there were a couple tropes overall. I hesitate to call it a vampire movie. Kind of want to call it an archaeology movie. Okay, okay, that's real. I didn't know that was a branch. But cool. It's not. It's not. It's, it's it is just, now. It is now. It's bloody <laughs> Indiana Jones. Um, anyway, uh, this has been Bite Me. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Bite Me the Podcast, mm-hmm. and we are brought to you by players, performers, and portrayers. You can learn more about portrayers and bite me at playersperformersandportrayers.com. I'm Julia Steyer. I'm Bacola Ogunmola. Bye. Bye.